to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they're open for business serving hot, fresh food 24-7. Moan, what's going on on this Thursday? Ah, not a whole lot, man. You know, pushing through, ready for the weekend because weekends mean football. They do. And you know what football means to Jalen Warren this week out in Latrobe? It, it means you sleep, eat, go to the bathroom with, and everything else a football dude has had this thing anchored to him like as if it's part of his body yeah. for the entirety of the week you've seen this happen yes i have do players ever get away with like hey nobody's looking i'm just going to put this thing down <laughs> i wish they would okay you hear me because when a fumble happens whether it's at the fault of the offensive line by getting the quarterback sacked and he loses it or whether it's a running back that has the perfect defender on him that rips it out no matter what uh or whether it's just a guy carelessly carrying the ball around like it's like one of those like it's one of those like record player screeches on like the game plan because it really does it ruins the drive it does it, it, it ruins seasons. It does. Oh, see, I did that. I did you see that you I did, did that? Did you see I, that I, I did know. that? We speak okay. of Denver, and that yes, was we a, do. A, again a perfect play from a damn good defender and an adverse situation that really after some immaculate blocking to spring this big run. Oh, look, I'm still doing it. I'm I still doing I this. You're just digging. Take the dagger out already, I'm DK. Doing this. Okay, let's this. Yeah. Okay, but. <laughs> The, the the amount of yelling that you never hear Coach Tomlin do, the amount of loud voices that you never hear from Coach Tomlin in a press conference gets brought up when you put the ball on the ground. Because one of his biggest things is men who carry this ball carry our hopes and dreams of our entire season in their hand. You do not <laughs> put this ball on her as something, some, wow. some hopes no, and dreams. Yes. If you are a ball toter. You do not turn the ball over because you carry our hopes and dreams in your palm when those things. And it's true. And it, it could be game to game. It could be a playoff game, DK. But the person that carries the ball, that fumbles it, you feel that pressure. And yeah, the teammates, what are they going to do? Hey, man, we got you. Don't worry about it. We'll get it back. That's the defense's response to it. Uh, offensive line. Hey, man, my bad. I got you. I won't let them get. But you feel it, DK. Anybody that has anything to do with it, they take ownership of that also. Like, there is no skipping around that type of stuff, which is why you saw Jalen Warren, who I was ecstatic about watching, okay? Not just in the running game, but in the passing game, too. Had a damn good day. DK, you'd almost make the case that kid might be moving up to number two. Oh, I, I'm not almost making that case. Uh, I mean, I, I think he might be, but, but... And this is why we're talking about it today. The fumbles mm. can be the instant tiebreaker because yeah. if the only thing that Anthony McFarland or Benny Snell has to say at the end of the day is, hey, <laughs> at least I didn't fumble. Okay. Yeah. At least I didn't cost us one of the 10, 12 possessions of the football that we're yeah. going to have over the course of a game. Yeah. Uh, that. That undoes all the hard running, all the broken tackles, all yeah. the found holes, everything else, touchdowns. It just does. You can't do it. You you cannot, man. And it's also just an emphasis of why you see him in pictures from reporters at camp sitting down with a ball tucked in. And guess what? Coach ain't even got to tell anybody to tap at that ball. 
if I see you walking around with a ball, one, I know why you got it in your in in your cusp of of holding it forearm to bicep to chest. It's because you put the ball on the ground. I don't care if it's practice either, DK. Like it comes up at all times. You put that ball on the ground, it means something. And so guys are gonna walk by, tap it. They might not. Oh yeah, just yeah. Be, that, 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 I'm, I'm glad yeah. you bring this up. They'll just like in the cafeteria. Yeah. They'll try to swat it out of the guy's hand. Yeah. He, he's like he's got his trade. <laughs> yeah, you better be good at it. <laughs> because it, but but that's the importance of the ball, though. Like think about what a fumble does on kickoff return when you get the short field. Think about your 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 kickoff covers team knocking the ball out and we got the ball on the 10-yard line. Like, it can really flip the game over. And, well, and, and, and that's why I'm so stressed. Let's talk about the mental component, too, because, look, oh, yeah. I mean, there's how – do you, how do you say this? Like, if you think about, like, a, a child in a, in a schoolroom, because this mm-hmm. is – you are basically treating somebody like a child here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're you're it's one of those situations where you're like you're told to go stand in front of the class you know like mm-hmm. bart simpson and write down i will not whatever a million times on the chalkboard yeah. okay uh do do any players anybody do they ever get a little bit cringy about it like really come on man all he did was you know he made a normal mistake do we really have to do this to him performance based job dk Nobody cares. And guess what Coach Tomlin going to say? This was hmm. another one of those Tomlinisms we didn't have. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to hear your problems or they glad you got them. There's a running back. In Benny I've heard Snell. that one many times. Yeah, buddy. There's a running back in Benny Snell's like, damn, this kid had an actually good game. Well, he fumbled to your point earlier. Um, and, and, and then it's, it's this side of a 2DK. Whenever you do fumble, though, you hope it's that one or you better make sure it's that one. Because if we get to another game setting, DK, and he puts it on the ground again, only two. Oh, well, it's a problem. And this is just the twos and the threes that you're going against. What happens when it's Von Miller trying to pull one out? What happens when it's when it's uh Trey, one of the Edmonds brother? What happens when it's uh CJ Mosley? What happens when it's those type of guys that are coming to knock you off? Oh, and I don't want to hear, oh, I didn't see him. No. You carry that ball a certain way all the freaking time. And because of that, if it's more than once, DK, then we got to find somebody else going to do that job. Because, again, you're carrying our hopes and dreams with you. One last question for you on this subject. Do you think it's a coincidence that the last two big name, big profile running backs that the Steelers have had, meaning Le'Veon Bell and Najee Harris, have borderline immaculate non-fumbling histories. Is that just an accident? Is that a happenstance? No, they look after that. They look at guys that seek out contact and would deliver it while taking care of the ball. Najee has three, four guys on him someplace, and he still holds tight of the ball. Did he have one last year and got it back? He he had none in the regular season. He had one in, in the in the and playoff game. Yeah, DA, it's uh, DK. It's so much value in that man because you maximize all your opportunities. And you brought up that point. What is it? Eight to ten possessions you may get a game. That's not a lot. And if you're losing one, to have one cut short, like. <laughs> Coaches' jobs are on a line. That's a, this is why camp is so important. This is why you put guys in these type of situations. This is why uh, Jalen is, is, is going to have guys punching at the ball. Like Minka is going to run up to him and try to punch that ball out. He's going to think he's in the free, DK. And guess what? Guess what Cam is going to do as he's sl- slowing down? 
boop, try <laughs> try to knock the ball out. Like, but that's also team building because I'm challenging you to help me and us be a whole lot better, right? Well, when we come back, we'll have the next segment. We'll talk more football I'm with muted. DK. I'm, yeah, you're talking yeah. on mute and you're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, see the hate mom from yesterday. See how it goes. When networks call. <laughs> when we come back, before Ramon leaves us for some big network and a, no. his own bus that he's going to traverse the country in, the, the, no. the Moan Machine. See, I even came up with a name for it for you. The Moan Machine. The Moan Machine, right? Like it. Uh, I have an idea about punting that we're going to bring up. talking about possessions and the value of possessing the football and maintaining the football and how few possessions you get as an offense over the course of an NFL game. And yet, once you get past third down, you just reflexively forfeit that possession. And there's more of a movement right now across all levels of football. There are some college coaches who just don't punt anymore. We've seen some of that in LA in the NFL who just say, listen, we're doing away with it because the math tells us that even if we don't make it on fourth down, we're better off hanging on to the ball. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm old school in that approach, DK, because I do believe in field positioning. I, I, I do believe, look, if I could wear you down or I got to make you go to long distance as far as the field goes, if I can pin you back, then you have my, more opportunities to mess up and I have more other opportunities to take the ball away or put you in a worse situation. I, I get it. I I've, <laughs> I was at a middle school football game the other night, man, and a, a coach went for it on his on, on the opponent's 48 on fourth and eight and lost it, though, and, and lost it down. And I was thinking to myself, that is a spot in which you punt it. The, the metrics of it all, the science behind it say you're supposed to punt when you're that close to the 50. I get why it's hold on for more possessions. Um, I, I got to look more into it as far as why and the how and, and what does it do to defenses too? Because that's a high anxiety position that defenses are in too. Eight yards ain't a big place. We're talking about fourth and eight. You know, fourth and 13, that's probably a little bit different. Um, but fourth and eight is very doable. If, though, you have that type of offense, if you have that type of quarterback and playmakers, that's where it can make a see, difference. See, that's why I'm bringing this up. You notice I always have like some kind of backdoor route. Do you see that that is? Okay. What do you see? I usually pick up what you're putting and down you pick up. You pick up on it as if you were an NFL offensive lineman, as yeah. if you, you're like reading the schemes here. Huh. But let me Let me throw this at you. When your offense, yeah. you, when yeah. your offense was all that, and when you were just ho-humming it to 30-plus points a game, okay, which you were, yeah, and you're facing New England, now you know where I'm going, yeah, okay? There were so many occasions where this was even before the whole fourth down thing became a, a bit of a national discussion where I would just say, listen, listen, this is your best side of the football. Yeah. Why are you why are you purposely taking it off the field for a defense yeah. that you have a pretty good idea with all due respect Tom Brady's about to pick apart. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the part that would drive me nuts where I would say can somebody here please apply the math 
Do the research. Find out what's there. Okay. Do you remember when two-point conversions came in and Ben was like, let's go for it. Every all time, That's all yeah. he wanted yeah. every time. Seven he shots. didn't want to think about it. No situations. And early on that season, you guys did it. And then just kind of backed off a little bit here. But it, it really, it's going to take a push, isn't it, for football it, to it, change in this regard? It will, man. But let's go to New England versus us. Us versus New England, though. See, I, I don't know if it was a mental thing. I don't know if it was just what the way they operated with Brady at quarterback also. And again, I continue to say he gets all the credit, but that defense was doggone good. Has always been that good too in New England. And we were other believe New England was good enough, but they capitalized on your mistakes against them specifically. Now, we're talking about Jacksonville. We're talking about the Browns. We're talking about Cincinnati, though maybe even Baltimore, for instance, where at least the, the mental side of coaching defense and having an offense that capitalized on the short field may not have been as strong as it was in New England. I get the point of keep Tom Brady on the sideline, but that also goes into it to me, DK, being able to get four yards on first down run, getting another three yards, and then converting. Keep milking the clock down a little bit is the best way I would have said to defend against putting the goat on the field. You know, one of those best dynasties on the field simply because given that opportunity, they knew how to strike and strike up the band. So uh, uh, that was a different conversation. Moving forward, though, with a bigger, uh, what do you want to call it, case study on that I can see that being the case, though, to where some teams say, screw it. But that coach better be real good, DK, in making that decision. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, my own thought on it, very briefly, is that I believe it needs to be more situational than the way uh -huh. some coaches apply it. Like, I'm with you. You get to 4th and 13, you're, or you're it's 4th down, and you're at your own 20, and you're up by you know, 10 points or something. Get that football out of there. You can't Please. have an absolute position on this. Hunting exists for a reason. It's existed for more than a century for mm -hmm. a reason. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Oh. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, starring, not coincidentally, Ramon <laughs> Foster. It's time for the only segment that matters, and that would be the Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from Jim Fairfield, and he's responding to our show earlier this week in which you went at fans who booed Mason Rudolph. And I got to tell yeah. you, Moan, when you told me you were going to do that, I was going to tell you that in this line of work, <laughs> that is touchy territory. I know. I know. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but man, did you get these people like the, the support for your position was overwhelming. I and was. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to read the hey, the hey Moan question is, is from Jim Fairfield, who says, Hey Moan, I too hated seeing Mason get booed. He doesn't deserve that treatment, but with all our love for the Steelers and fans, they could be a hard bunch. I'm a Pittsburgh native, and I'm old enough to remember how the fans almost broke Terry Bradshaw's spirit. Even Steelers Nation has a not-so-pretty side. Uh, there's there's a lot of that uh, that, that yeah. came here, and it was I mean, almost overwhelmingly, Jeff Rossi says, hey, Moan, I was at the game. I was at that game. And I immediately said the same thing. 
Yeah. The fumble that we got back, by the way, was Dan Moore's fault. The Boo Birds were out in full force that night, specifically for Mason, and I could name a handful of guys who played way worse. So <laughs> what what about you? How do you feel about the reaction that you got? I, I thought it was mostly positive. Uh, for the ones, I saw some comments. I don't know if they listened to the entire, uh, entire episode to actually heard what we said about it as far as, you know, some people's like, well, I can boo them if I want to. I Listen to me. I got no problem. With you booing Franco Harris, Ben, Troy, Coach Tomlin, me, Marquise, I, look, I have no problem with it. The problem is what well, when you're performing bad. Mason has simply taken the field, and there were boo birds coming out. That was the issue. So if I, I needed to clear that up. It was him simply walking on the field. Boo! I, Come on. Yeah, that, that, was- that, 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 I paid more attention, to be honest with you, to, to the sack because it was a lot louder. But, yeah. That had nothing to do with him. If you were born Dan Moore, do that to him. And guess what? He'd probably say, I deserved it. Yep. Because that's the thing about players. You know when you had a trash game. You know when you stunk it up. Uh, yeah, well, Dan Moore didn't have a yeah, – I'm just throwing this in here because I know you feel this way too. Dan Moore had a decent game overall. Yeah, he did. But he that, did. Was a, that play was 1,000% on him. Yeah, and he got a double minus behind that. He got the sack and it was a fumble. Luckily for him, it wasn't a triple minus because Mason recovered it. Okay? And then – but but again, to your point though, DK, you can't tell fans how to be fans because the, the long word of fan is fanatics, crazies, right? And I'm that too. But when a guy takes the field in an audition, because that's what it is right now, like you you can't say that Mason hasn't at least tried to give his all. Does he have to work on his short game? Yeah. Like the 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 the, the almost picks that he had. Hey, you had somebody praying for you, my guy, because those could have easily been picks in the other direction. Right and they were between weren't. the numbers. Right oh. between the numbers. So I'm with you. Okay, if I give up a sack, he's like, Mona, you need to go ahead and retire. You know what? I probably knew it, and I probably deserve some booze. Like, it's been times we go out there with a ball in a really good situation and field position and can't get a first down. And I will never forget this lady, man, running down to the freaking front stands. You guys suck. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And all I do is look back, shut up, lady, and be like, you right, though. (laughs) In that order. I mean, in that order. Yeah, Shut I was up, like, lady, and you're right, though. Those ain't even your seats. Go back up top is what I was thinking. But she wasn't wrong. That's a part of being a public figure is you're judged on how you perform. But a guy simply walking on the field who also probably had the best throw of the night, you can't do that. You can't just – it's not like this is a, a season-long, like, bad play. This was the first friggin' audition. You can't boo yeah. for simply walking on the field. I, I, that was what know, my problem was. And some the only the only negative responses that we got to a lot of that was when when I people who were coming at me for trying to explain, yeah. not defend, not excuse, but explain why people might have been doing that in Pittsburgh. We have yeah. a tendency to try to vocalize hmm. our broader sentiments in something like that. One of the better examples I can give you, the worst trade the Pirates have made, well, one of the worst trades the Pirates (laughs) have made over the last 20 years was sending Aramis Ramirez to the Cubs for a bunch of nothing. They did it. It was a clear cash dump, no other purpose to it. Aramis did nothing wrong in this equation. All that happened was that he was traded to Chicago, and he wound up being a very nice player 
with a, just a terrific major league career. Every single time Aramis came back and his name was announced, Moan, he was booed. So what were they actually booing? They weren't booing him. They were booing the trade. So here's Mason out there. This is what I was trying to say the other day. So here's Mason out there. People in Pittsburgh don't want Mason to be the quarterback. So instead of, of, like, what what kind of chance can you come up with? Uh, Someone other than Mason. Someone Someone other than Mason. But it it doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) No. Now, no. Kenny comes in, and Kenny hears the positive chance. Kenny, uh, Kenny, and everybody really liked him and all that other stuff. That's yeah. easy, but mm-hmm. it's not as easy to make that feeling come across. So that's what I'm saying here. Again, without defending or excusing, but attempting to explain, this yeah. is a very common Pittsburgh thing. Oh, yeah. And look, again, I got zero problems with it. At least evaluate the performance uh, beforehand. And I <laughs> let me just throw this little free one in there, too. Those Kenny chants. Let's make sure we have those same Kenny chance if he throw two picks in a game. Oh as yeah, he's a you got to stick by him. Oh. You know that won't happen. <laughs> you got to You got You got to stick by your team. It makes a big, 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 big yeah, difference. Man. It's super easy to do that when things are going well, and it's yeah. not when it isn't. So, um, but all of this is in the box of being a fan and having the passion of still a nation. So I admire it I, in that situation where you probably know that guys more out than in. Come on, let let the kid do his job. And yet, yeah, I was my locker mate for a few years, so I, I I feel a little different about it. Hey, he was just to your left. He was mm-hmm. right. That's right. That's right. Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. We'll have one hey, more. Hey, this is this is fun. I think people like it. I think so. I think they do. 